Today, from the book uh, Managing Your Anger by Neil T. Anderson and Rich Miller, we're going to be looking at the flesh pattern of the anger exploder. At the other end of the anger spectrum are the anger exploders, illustrated by the following testimony. I'm currently working through the Freedom in Christ discipleship course with my pastor in a church congregational setting. Weekly, I feel the bondage being broken and freedom settling in. I have always been a little bullheaded and am tempted to anger easily. My anger usually comes suddenly and fiercely, scaring even myself at times. Usually it is stress-oriented and culmination of events that I hold within me until that last little insignificant incident lights the very short fuse. When the smoke clears, I am left feeling desolate and humiliated. I have tried desperately for years to control this anger, but at best have only learned to avoid stressful situations, and even that is not great. I would be so happy to be truly free from these fits of rage once and for all. I would love to know how to deal with anger and the way Christ would, lo- would have me do. I, uh, it really wrecks my witness when I have rantings and I end up tearful before the Lord. When they do come, please help me. I would truly love to be free from anger. Those who have a tendency to explode are like dormant volcanoes. There is always a threat of eruption. If they had a seismograph attached to their emotions, they would find continual tremors taking place. They live on a constant state of agitation, whereas calm people would normally be at a zero or a one on the anger scale. Anger exploders wake up in the morning registering five. There is a subtle underlying anger all the time. That's why they erupt in anger at the slightest provocation. In most cases, such people have been severely wounded and they explode when someone touches their wounds. That will be dealt with in a further study here. This kind of anger outburst can also be situational. People who have been under extreme pressure have no emotional reserve. That is true for all of us. There are times when we can handle almost anything, then there are times when the complaint of a child can set off an overstressed parent. Mature people know their emotional limits and have learned to back away before the explosion. Driven people are stress carriers. Their adrenal glands are pumping all the time. Years ago, psychologist William Marston identified four behavioral styles into which he believed all people fall. John Greer and Dorothy Downey refined Marston's model and developed a DISC test. This model identifies people as falling into one of the four categories of dominant, influencing, steadiness, and compliance. In their book, Understanding How Others Misunderstand You, Ken Vogues and Ron Brond define the dominant personality. Because of the high D personalities. Uh, concentration on tasks and goals, he has a tendency to be intensive to the feelings of others. Rarely is this deliberate neglect, but the intensity with which he strives to meet his objectives can cause him to consider emotional expressions as obstacles. The high D personality is prone to see life as a battle during which any walls in his way must be torn down. Unfortunately, that approach is likely to result in emotional casualties along the way. High Ds can become excellent leaders like Joshua in the Bible, who overcame great obstacles in possessing the Promised Land. 
With the right talent, they can become great athletes and coaches as well, being determined and strongly motivated by competition. But the same competitive fire that fueled the passion of Bill McCartney in the spirit can also produce an angry Bobby Knight in the flesh. Bill McCartney left a successful football coaching career in the University of Colorado to found the Promise Keepers, a Christian ministry for men. Bobby Knight was fired from a successful basketball coaching career at Indiana University because he would not control his explosive anger. Those who score high on the dominant scale are usually type A personalities and task-oriented leaders who are highly motivated to accomplish their goals. The Apostle Paul would probably fit into this category before his conversion. Paul describes his own drivenness in Acts 26, 9-11. So then, I thought to myself that I had to do many things hostile to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And this is just what I did in Jerusalem. Not only did I lock up many of the saints in prisons, having received authority from the chief priests, but also when they were being put to death, I cast my vote against them. And as I punished them often in all the synagogues, I tried to force them to blaspheme, uh, to blaspheme, and being furiously enraged at them, I kept pursuing them even to foreign cities. Anger exploders must admit that being competitive, determined goal-setters does not give them license to angrily control or trample people in the process. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, Ephesians 2.10, so he expects us to accomplish something, but never at the expense of other people. God's word admonishes the impatient person in James 1.19-20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteous life that God desires. A year after Shirley and I were married, we moved to Manila, Philippines, to oversee a new ministry to high school students. Our first daunting task was to send follow-up material to over 52,000 students who had received Christ or indicated spiritual interest. I immediately shifted from director to into dictator. I drove myself, my wife, and my Filipino staff hard. I was impatient and insensitive, lashing out whenever they were unable to or unwilling to perform up to my standards. I stepped on quite a few toes as I crusaded forward. In my pursuit of finishing the follow-up task and establishing model ministries around the city, one day I was reading in 1 Corinthians 13, and the Lord riveted my attention to verse 13. But now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. I sensed the Lord speaking to my mind, saying, Rich, if someone were to look at your life, they would say you believe the greatest of these is faith. Of course, we are all saved by faith. We walk by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. This illustration is no uh, is no way diminishing faith's importance to the Christian life, but I knew what the Lord was saying. In an effort to reach my goals, I was using people to accomplish my goals instead of loving them. I had forgotten that the greatest of these is love. I broke down before the Lord, confessed my sin, and asked him to make me a compassionate person. Moses was the most humble man on earth, Numbers 12, thir- uh, 3. And yet he was also a man given to angry outbursts. One day he made a terrible mistake in his anger in Numbers 27 to 12 records. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod 
and you and your brother Aaron assemble the congregation and speak to the rock before the rise, that it may yield its water. You shall thus bring forth water for them to drink out of the rock, and let the congregation and their beasts drink. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord, just as he had commanded him, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock, and he said to them, Listen now, you rebels, shall we bring forth water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came forth abundantly, and the congregation of the beasts drank. But the Lord said to Moses, Because you have not believed me to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, Therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. We believe there is a strong warning for dominant leaders in this passage. God is loving and kind and will take care of his people, even when human leaders fail. But if we trivialize the calling of God and try to control his people in anger, we may find the Lord rising up to oppose the very goals he once gave us. We may only gaze the longing eye, with longing eyes upon the dreams we once strove so mightily to fulfill. If you identify with the anger exploder, we encourage you to say out loud the following, I confess my impatience and the angry outburst. I renounce the lie that my purpose in life is dependent upon the control or manipulation of other people. I choose to believe that nothing or no one can keep me from being the person God called me to be. And I choose to make no goal more important than loving God and loving people.